If at one point you have found yourself voiceless and feeling powerless, this episode is for you. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's dose of money confidence. Bienvenida. I am so thrilled that you are here, that you chose this podcast amongst all the options that you have out here. This is Jen Hemphill, your host, and today we have another powerful conversation. Listen, I know that we each come from different walks of life. Our own journey is unique. Maybe we experienced some traumas and have had a difficult time navigating them. Maybe we have had our moments where we felt powerless and voiceless. Today we have Hilda Samora, and she shares with us how to find our voice because in doing that, we can change the trajectory of our life and take control of our narrative. When you do that, taking control of your finances will come so much easier. Let me share with you a little bit about Hilda. She was born in Mexico, immigrated to the United States with her family at the age of five to work in the fields with her parents and five siblings from sunup to sundown. Today, she is known as the legal giant in her community, and she works on behalf of what she says, the voiceless and powerless in the Coachella Valley. Lista? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Bienvenida, Hilda, to the Her Dinero Matters podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here just doing some research on you. I'm just so thoroughly impressed And I'm just excited that you're such a great example for us Latinas. Uh, so I'm really thrilled to have you here and to learn more about you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Es un honor estar aquí. Muchísimas gracias por la invitación. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate that. Oh, no problem. Well, let's go back in time because this is what we do. <laughs> we go back in time. So take us back when maybe you're a little girl or just Tell us a little bit about your upbringing and maybe some specific experience or event that happened that really has shaped you and how you view money, where it's just today, you know that the decisions that you have made or are making come back to that specific event, experience, memory. Take us back. Absolutely, Jen. Let's go back, right? <laughs> Jen, I take a lot of pride in my story and my roots and where I come from. And one of the, I had many, many experiences like many of us. A lot of them are very negative, but I think the beauty of life is transforming those negative experiences to something positive. When you asked me to take you back in time, I would like to take you back to the age of five years old 
where you're barely creating your thoughts about what the world is. You have the perfect um, vision of what the world is and everything's happy and rosy and great. I was raised very traditional where families, everything very united. And I was always taught that my elders are people that we respect and that we trust our ancestors. Mm -hmm. And I did just that at a very young age, at the age of five, Jen, I was sexually molested by one of my uncles. Heartbreaking. It destroyed my life. I didn't understand at the time what it was, but I knew that he had violated my body and he had violated my soul. Because after that incident, I felt soulless. Little did I know that this experience was going to mark me for the rest of my life. Well, what I realized was that my mom learned about it. Our aunts, all the mujeres learned about it. But we kept quiet. Nobody ever said anything. And I was told to stay quiet. I didn't understand that. For the many years to come, Jen, I continued to see this man because he was my uncle sitting in our dining table, eating our food, coming to my house. And I couldn't grasp the concept of why I felt voiceless, right? I understood very fast that money or I correlated money to this incident a lot. And I'll explain why. In Mexico, coming from humble beginnings and being very humble and not having even enough food to eat three meals a day, you really don't have the political pull to be able to do justice. And you need money to be able to do justice. For the longest time, I created this negative belief about money because I felt that because I didn't have the money, I didn't get justice and I was voiceless. So as I was growing up, I continued to formulate my thoughts about what I knew, right? Where money didn't grow on trees, we didn't have any money. And most importantly, that money was the root of all evils. And I hated money because I didn't have it because I thought that had I had money, had my family had a background of money or a last name with a meaning that I would have been able to buy justice and I never did. Wow. Yes. People take sexual assault experience in many ways. People take it in a negative way. People destroy their lives. They become addicted to alcohol, to substance abuse because they cannot control the emotions because it really marks you for the rest of your life. So as I was formulating being a young woman, I remember I began to formulate these ideas about keeping quiet, right? And I had no voice. So I began to do the exact opposite of that. I didn't want to keep quiet. <laughs> I wanted to have a voice. And I was able to understand that money was not negative. The money, in fact, was something beautiful that will give you the opportunity to do great things in life. And that you could do so much good. You could help the world. With money, I wanted to change the world and do things that I wish somebody would have done for me when I was five years old. Oh, my goodness. I'm just speechless. One, I appreciate you sharing and being so vulnerable with that story because maybe you've told it before, but I'm sure it's still not easy. It's not easy. Or or maybe it's gotten easier. But I I mean, I even, I'm like, oh. I just, I can't imagine. So I appreciate that. And I find it so powerful because I had some questions. I'm like, oh, well, she already answered this because I find it so interesting that that experience and the connection to the lack of a voice and the connection to 
not having that money for that mm-hmm. justice, which you're a lawyer and you right. actually fight <laughs> for justice. So I always right. say in these interviews, I always find there is some sort of connection, correlation between that upbringing and even with the finance part or you know the dinero right. part to what you're doing today, right? Correct. And this is just so powerful. And one of the things also that I know about you, you're an immigrant, you were working on the fields with your parents as a little girl. And I read that you also were born with the belief that if you were born poor, you died poor. Así era mi abuelita. (laughs) And I grew up with just modest. I mean, you know, we didn't lack things, but it was that mentality. I think that there was so much struggle that that was what we expected money was always going to be a struggle, right? Right. Yeah. And I think it goes with like our generational beliefs and limited beliefs of poverty, which is like the root of many of our traumas within the communities of color. And I believe that it's time to change that. We have to change that. Right. So how did you go about changing this belief? Is it over time? Was there a certain day that you said enough is enough? Because I know as Latinx or people of color or even... Just, I'm thinking you being an immigrant, you can speak more to this. Like, how would you help other immigrants have that same mindset or Latinx in our community? How do you go about just changing this belief? How did you do it for yourself? I guess let's start there. Absolutely. It was a pattern for me, right? So first my, the sexual assault that I experienced. And then as I was growing up working in the fields with my parents, we got exploited girl all the time. We were promised one rate and we would get paid another rate. And it was always ultimatums. Like you either take this or we'll call border patrol or you guys can find another job. And we didn't have the luxury of looking for other jobs, right? Because of our immigration status. So Mm -hmm. we took whatever we did. And I saw that growing up, right? That we were always like, Poner la cabeza abajo. We would always listen. We're always quiet. And growing up, I didn't want that. My parents always taught me to be, not to be submissive, but to be respectful. But at the same time, kind of like to like just be happy with the little that we had. Mm-hmm. And I wanted more. And not so much materialistic, Jen. It's not about material stuff. I just wanted more for future generations because I believe we were meant for more. So what I did is throughout like high school, I was not your typical high school student that wants to have fun. I wants to party. <laughs> I was very like mature, very fast. And I was all about researching and I was all about how can I change this? And just because I was born from humble beginnings doesn't mean my children or children to come or from other generations are going to experience the same things that we experienced. So I wanted to change that. So what I did is I started working on myself and literally like meditating, quieting my mind journaling. I literally will go through like every different phase of my life and years. And I was looking for those patterns, those patterns that correlated back to the limited belief about dinero, right? How, well, we shouldn't want to have more money than what my parents have. I should be grateful for the little that I have. Otherwise, Dios me va a castigar because I'm, (laughs) because I want more. And I started to really stop that and be like, you know what? God, whatever the universe, whatever you believe, wants the best for us. And Mm -hmm. we have the power to change that. And I was able to learn through a process of pretty much working with myself and my patterns and really dissecting what it was that was stopping me and what barriers was really blocking me. And I started to change the mindset. I started Mm -hmm. to foresee my future. I started to visualize my future where 
I was una mujer poderosa, and mujer poderosa in the sense where I was going to help otra hermana mía, you know, pull her mm -hmm. up and climb the ladder together and unite each other and helping each other up to up level instead of like being negative and just being complacent with what we had. That is very powerful. Do you see, because on my end, of course, I work in the personal finance space and I'm just seeing more Latinos, more Latinx talk money, which I love because yeah. we need more Latinx people talking about mm -hmm. finance yeah. because just a few of us is not going to do it. It's not going to cut it. I'm curious. And the other thing is Latinos, our community, that wealth gap is huge, right? In terms of comparison to the whites. Correct. Of course, I have my own theories yeah. and thoughts as to why that is. But I'm curious, do you see a change on your end? You're a lawyer. Do you see with our community changing perceptions of wanting more instead of because I grew up with that. No necesitas más. Tienes que agradecer por lo que ya tienes. No, that's how I grew right. up. So yeah. I, if I had more, I felt guilty. So I'm curious, are you seeing a shift or a change in our community? Because I feel like I see it, but then again, I'm ingrained <laughs> in this space. On your end, are you seeing a shift in terms of us, our community wanting more and being okay with building wealth and, and having more. I'm taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you, this show relies on your support to continue to grow. If you get a ton of value, it would mean everything. If you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to, share with a friend and give us a quick and honest review. Gracias y te mando muchos abrazos. Absolutely. And I love that, right? Before Growing up, I didn't see that. Like you said, all we had was what our parents were used to and they were always guilty. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. That's right. Like, oh, Dios te va a castigar, right? Or <laughs> you should be grateful. Yes. But no, no, I'm actually seeing that. And I see that a lot from my client's perspective where everybody's an entrepreneur. They have their businesses, whether it's landscaping, whether it's housekeeping, whatever it is, they have their own business. And I love that, but we need more of that. But what mm -hmm. I also believe that we're still lacking is our state of mind. We're still very negative and we're still very afraid. And I think a lot has to do with their own self-esteem, you know, with self-doubt, with our confidence. So yes, we generate money because we're so hard workers, right? We work up from like sunup to sundown. We're hard workers, but we lack the knowledge to invest, how to make our dinero grow right? Mm -hmm. we, we don't do that. And what we do is we go back to our limited beliefs and our lack of boundaries and our generational traumas of poverty, where we want to help all the family. So if we make $10,000, we end up in a negative because we give out, we help yeah. all the family. And don't get me wrong. I help my family out. It's very important that we help our families out. But I think that it's kind of like right now we're in the middle of the ocean and we're trying to save everybody, right? So the best thing to do is like swim ashore, 
bring right. a boat and then save everybody else versus Love trying that. to swim out with everybody on top of you over your shoulders. And that's what we do. And I think it goes to our state of mind where we have to acknowledge that we have what we deserve and that if we have more money than our siblings or our parents. It's because we deserve it and because we work hard for it instead of guilting ourselves and pretty much letting it go, right? So I think, yes, to answer your question, we're growing, we're becoming entrepreneurs, we're changing our state of mind with money, but we're not quite there. So basically, I love that analogy. Go back to shore, get that boat, <laughs> and then get back in the sea. Don't try to yes, yes, save everybody. Yes. Just get that boat. <laughs> I love it. And I'm curious to know, because I also read you had a Bales Bond company. You're the first person I have met. <laughs> I watch all these different shows because I'm interested in in mysteries and all that stuff. But tell us the story behind the business. Why? How did you come into that? So I go to UC Davis for my undergrad and I come back and I'm just as broke as when I left. And <laughs> my dad at the time has passed away since, but he was not very supportive of an education because he didn't believe in one. He believes, mm -hmm. look, Going to school is a luxury. You're not rich. Stop pretending that's going to change one day, right? You have to be working in the fields with us. My dad saw like I needed to bring in another check at home versus a career, right? They didn't believe in that. So anyways, when I come back, I'm just as broke as when I left. And now I have to continue being broke. So I have to go to law school and I can't afford to go to law school. My parents were making like $230 a week, girl. So mm -hmm. they couldn't even afford to pay a tax for my law school. So I needed to do something, right? I didn't know how to do anything else besides something within the realm of law. So literally just one day I went to a local because I didn't own a laptop with me or a cell phone. That's, we were still really, really limited in our income. So I went to the local library and I did some research about the bail bonds because all I saw was TV, right? The bounty hunter back in the days. And I'm like, well, let's see how it works. I did some research. I discovered you needed a surety company to be able to start that. So I got some information on the East Coast of bankers insurance. And sure enough, I contacted them. I was very impressive in paper because I had all this by the age of 21. I had two bachelors and a minor. So mm -hmm. I looked good in paper, had no experience, girl. I did not know what a job entails, but I had the degrees. Yeah. Every Friday, you know, I kept on faxing my resume in hopes of being appointed to be able to start the, the bail bonds. After like the third time I sent my fax over, I get a call from the vice president of the company pretty much telling me, look, little girl, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. This is a very high financial risky business and you're crazy. You have no experience. You obviously have no money. We're not interested. And I was like, oh, no, no. Like you <laughs> he just like told you, me no. <laughs> yes. Like I'm not going to take no for an answer. So girl, for the next month, I religiously will take my bike. And I will ride my bike from the little ranch where we lived up to the nearest store, which was probably like two and a half miles or three miles each direction. And I will get my five bucks because I would get charged five dollars to send a one page fax. And I would send it to this guy every single day. Same resume. Finally, after like another three weeks, the vice president calls me back and says, you're not going away, are you? And I said, listen. <laughs> One day I'm going to change the world. I'm going to become an attorney and I'm going to empower people and I'm going to help everybody. I just need you to help me out. So he says, and I'll make it really short, short and sweet here. He says, look, do you know where Riverside is? I had no idea where Riverside was. Okay. 
I lived in a little bubble in a ranch in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so I said, no, but I've heard it's I'm really close by. Don't worry, I'll find out. He's like, on social date, I'm going to be there. You're invited to go. We can meet, but you have to promise me something. After that meeting, if I decide not to employ you, you have to stop sending me over your resume. Not interested in your resume. I said, okay, great deal. So sure enough, the time comes, I go. My mom gives me $20, lets me borrow a beat up S10 that we had, like a Chevy S10 two door. I turn it on and it's like half empty of gas. And I'm like, okay, there goes my $20 to be able to pump gas. I drive to Riverside, which is like 45 minutes away from India where I live. I pull up to the address girl and it's a stunning Mission Inn hotel, like five star. I'm lucky. I'm thinking like I'm not even going to be able to afford water in this place. <laughs> I had zero knowledge of corporate world. So when I go in there, I ate nothing because I couldn't afford it. I had no money with me, not a dollar, not a, I had zero. I met the guy and they offered me, they were having lunch. They offered me, they had an array of different dishes. And I was like, nope, because I, I didn't know it was free and I couldn't <laughs> afford it. I had no money. So I'm like, I'm just here for my appointment. Well, thank God I walked away with an appointment that day. Okay. A month amazing. later, I opened up the bail bonds, which was a very lucrative business. So you pretty much post bonds for an individual that's being arrested. And then you get a percentage of that. For example, if it's a $50,000 bail, the families had to pay $5,000 from those $5,000. You get a percentage and the surety company that provides you with the money gets a percentage. Mm. It was very lucrative. The first year that I was in the bail bonds, I was able to enroll into law school. And I was pretty much working during the day and my bail bonds. And then I was commuting at night every other day for four years. I commuted to and from Irvine where my law school was. Wow. That yes. is amazing. So <laughs> literally the bails bond company was your path to law school in terms exactly. of financially. Yes. Amazing. And I was very smart at that time. Now I'm 22 years old and I know I have to invest and I impart I want to say like probably 50 to 60% of my finances are going to law school, but the mm -hmm. rest of them, I was able to buy my mom a home where oh she still gosh. lives there. I bought my mom a home because they never owned their own home. We always rented or we always stayed in a home where my parents worked. They always mm -hmm. had like the small little villas for the employees. And that's where I was raised, you know, in the orchards right. in the middle of nowhere, small little trailers or small little casitas. Wow. That is so amazing. I appreciate you sharing that. So you've become an attorney. You are known as La Defensora del Pueblo. So how did this name come about? I'm curious. Again, right now it goes to power and being a voice to people. And I want to be that person that I wish the little girl had when I was growing mm. up, not only in the experience that I had at the age of five, but also growing up, right? I never had anybody to look up to or to speak for me. So I began to take the cases that a lot of attorneys wouldn't take because either the money wasn't there or it was just a lost cost for them. But I believe in my client. I believe in my people. I could relate. Era mi gente. I just mm -hmm. couldn't leave them behind. So I started fighting for that. And it came very quickly. I began to build a reputation where I was winning cases that a lot of attorneys weren't winning or they were giving up on. And most importantly, I had a huge connection whenever I was going to jury trials. And I think the connection that I had with the jury trials was that I was speaking from my heart. And mm -hmm. I honestly believe my client's story. Right. And I was right. walking people. I was giving 
meaning like not guilty verdicts that was allowing my people to have second or third chances in life. And to me, it was not just about winning. Even if I lost the case, I just wanted to make sure that I gave them a voice, that their story was heard and that, yeah, their story was heard because a lot of the times the prosecution just focuses on a certain date, a certain time that you allegedly committed a crime, but you don't know what's behind all that. And there's always an explanation, Jen, as to why people do the things that they do. And I, as an attorney, I want to learn not just the four corners of a complaint, but I want to learn what my client is all about. What was his childhood like? What was like being raised as a child? What trauma does he experience? Because I've learned through research that we've all had some type of experience before we reach the age of eight. So based on those traumas, we either go one path, like I became the voice of the voiceless because I felt like I had no voice, or we can take the more dark path where we end up hurting ourselves even more because we just can't find the light. That's amazing. I love it. And I'm curious, because <laughs> uh, I would love to talk to you all day. <laughs> but of course, I know we have a, a limited time. But what would you say have been th- the biggest lessons you've I've already hinted some that you've learned that you'd like to pass on to other Latinas, the ones that are listening at this very moment that are just really limiting themselves in terms of the money that they can earn, the wealth that they can build. Because you at 22 created a successful bills bond business that paid for your law school, that you were able to buy a home for your parents and other things. So what would you say to that Latina that right now she's content, but maybe in her mind, she doesn't realize how much she's limiting herself. Yes. I would say that she has to understand within her soul that she's meant for so much more and there's no limits as to what she wants. And it is also very important that she believes that she has the abilities and the skills to be able to achieve that and attain that because you already have everything that it takes. You just have to have the courage to do it. And remember, I believe it was Einstein that said it, that the definition of courage is not not being afraid. Of course, we're going to be afraid. I'm afraid every single day that I'm representing somebody because their life is on my hands. But the definition of courage is being afraid and doing it anyways. You have to do it because if you're always afraid, you're just going to freeze and you're always going to stay in the little bubble. So it's time to break our glass ceiling. I love it. Hilda, esto fue un placer. I loved it. I really appreciate the example that you set for us as Latinas again. And thank you for being here. And I hope this won't be the last time we connect. I really, really enjoyed our conversation today. That is a wrap for another powerful conversation. And I hope that you found that conversation as powerful, insightful, and valuable as I did. And I hope that you just latched on to the value she brought and the wisdom she brought. You could connect with Hilda over on her Instagram, which you look for Hilda underscore Samora underscore. But of course, as always, I will have the link for that in the show notes. If you found this episode valuable, 
you will love our new limited series about budgeting. It's called Budgeting Truths Uncovered. And listen, a budget gives you a good understanding of your money, gives you confidence. And if you have been struggling to find your voice with money, this private podcast helps you in this. We explore the world of budgeting, discover the truths of budgeting that almost nobody knows about or talks about. And if budgeting has been a sore topic for you, definitely sign up for this free private podcast. You can do that at jenhemphill.com forward slash limited. And of course, the link is in the show notes. Next week, we meet Carmen Ortiz McGee, yet another Latina that you absolutely have to meet. She is helping us and other underrepresented communities enter careers in private equity and hedge fund firms, which really what this is doing is opens up the opportunities for Latinas to create more wealth, to create more generational wealth, to minimize that gender wage gap. So stay tuned for that episode next week. Bueno, pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for supporting the show, for listening to the show. You can check out everything, all the show notes at jenhempill.com forward slash 292. That is jenhempill.com forward slash 292. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now, at this moment, at this very second, simply with claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.